0: You're listening to Health Call Live, your regular Saturday morning appointment with healthcare professionals, where treatment is always painless and there's never a copay. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. Got a text message uh, asking if the program with Greg Russell was going to be on the podcast today. Somebody said they missed it and really wanted to hear Greg. And the answer, of course, is yes. You can, after the program, you can go to the WOWO website and look on the um, On Demand page there. You'll find the podcast link and you'll find the program there shortly after we wrap up on the air here. It's also available on all the major services. And we'll have a video version of that segment up on the uh, Health Call website Monday. All right, I want to shift focus here a little bit and uh, explore a treatment for depression that's really getting some growing attention, and that is magic mushrooms. There's a series that my wife and I streamed recently that caused me to revisit an interview I did with a researcher from Yale University on using magic mushrooms to fight depression. The series is called Nine Perfect Strangers. And it focused on this sort of a retreat where these nine people who are suffering depression and other life issues gathered. It was kind of a paradise resort kind of place. And they all got together to face their issues. Well, without their knowledge, The founder of this place, who was played by Nicole Kidman, was giving them small doses of psilocybin mushrooms. You
1: here for the 10-day retreat, us 2.0? I certainly am. Apparently I'm in need of some fixing. Welcome to Tranquilum House. The people who come here, they come
0: to heal. I don't want to suffer. You're already suffering. Well. Well, things go then off the rails, of course, as you need to do for a dramatic TV show. But really, it's an example of how psilocybin and magic mushrooms for depression have sort of come out of the shadows. So not long ago, I talked with Dr. Gerard Santacora. He's an MD, a scientist, who says he's very skeptical of these stories being told by people who say psilocybin broke their depression after years when all the traditional medications failed. He's now involved in clinical trials to try to get a handle. And all of this and figure out whether it really works. But listen, listen to Dr. Santacor and I talk through one study that showed 70% of people trying psilocybin had a lasting improvement.
1: That that is quite amazing and, and as I said, very exciting and very promising. The concern that we have to have and that we have to account for is what is the non-specific effect, or what some people would call the placebo effect, of doing this. Uh, it's not uncommon to see rates well above 50% in trials for depression, um, especially when there's such high levels of expectancy. So uh-huh. we really want to account for that and make sure that this is a true effect of the drug. The The other interesting thing in most of these studies is it's not just the drug. The drug is given in the context of what's typically called set and setting, where there's very intense relationship with facilitators or therapists or uh, whatever you're referring to, the people that are with you over many hours. And that itself Mm -hmm. can have a very strong impact. So it's hard to know, is it the medicine or is it all the other ancillary stuff or what we believe is there's some synergism between the two.
0: Yeah, let me paint that picture for people who aren't following this as closely. Uh, So typically, in the research that I have read, you're brought into a setting, uh, you are usually typically laying down, uh, putting on some some form of a mask to to block your eyesight. Uh, Often there's music involved and there's somebody there as a guide to kind of get you through this process. So I see what you mean about it's a it's a formal structure. There's a lot of interaction and you would have a lot of expectation, right? I went through a lot of effort to do this. So I want something on the other side. So I see how that could be a bias. I get that. But the long-term response to, to uh, psilocybin is real interesting. So there's some belief that psilocybin might be causing the brain, for lack of a better phrase, to rewire and restructure itself. And that might be part of the benefit.
1: And, and that is something we're all very interested in. It's where a lot of the research is occurring right now. There's evidence suggesting that even the classical antidepressants, drugs like Prozac, have those effects at some level. Typically, it would take longer-term exposure to them, uh, Mm -hmm. and and the magnitude of the effect may not be as great. But this is something that has, for the past 20 to 30 years, has been a prominent hypothesis in, in the mechanism of antidepressant action, that it's facilitating these adaptive changes in the brain
0: so tell me about the work that you're doing and and what you think is the next big question we need to solve as we move closer to giving some serious look at psilocybin. For me and it's
1: where our work is uh, primarily involved is doing the clinical trial research to actually convince ourselves that this is an effective antidepressant. I'm not quite there yet. I'm as I said I'm very enthusiastic and I think the data that's out there is incredibly exciting, but it is not the high quality data that I would require. I'm a very skeptical scientist that, at heart to convince me that, yes, this is in fact an antidepressant. I, I think we're, we're, we're getting there, but we have not reached that level of uh, certainty that I would feel that comfortable. So I, I'm... A little careful not to put the cart before the horse. So before mm-hmm. we try to figure out how it works, I'd really like to figure out, does it work?
0: What are patients telling you? What's a typical patient response?
1: So I, I, you know, I have to be very careful how I say this because the trials that I'm involved in are randomized placebo control trials that haven't been opened. So I don't know what they're getting or not getting. So I want to be careful
0: in, in how. So let me explain that for the audience. So yes. an open trial. Uh, so you're doing a placebo-controlled trial. So you don't know whether the patients are getting the drug or something else. Correct. Okay.
1: So so I do want to be careful in talking about the specific effects. And in fact, most trials right now, since these are what's considered Schedule One drugs, which means that
0: uh very illegal essentially
1: yeah basically they they have no medical use at right. um so they typically have to be used in a way where it's under a research protocol to be done legally but in general the effects that people get from this typically range from having a what they would consider this period of enlightenment saying that they're able to see the world in different ways to see their problems through different lenses uh, and and they feel that they're able to change the way they think about things and and have a completely different perspective. But on the other hand, there are people that say this was a very frightening scary experience. Um, and you know, they uh it was unpleasant and you know, it ranges. And that's a, a major reason why oughtn't to have people that are very familiar with this, in the room with them, working with them, preparing them for it. So this is not, uh, and I I tell my patients, this is not like, well, why don't we try Prozac, where I, I can pretty much guarantee you that you're not gonna have any major changes one way or the other. It's not gonna be a terribly unpleasant experience, although even that can be unpleasant for some people. And it's probably not going to be something you take one pill in and you feel that your perspective in the world has changed. When we talk about drugs like psilocybin, you're really dealing with something that has a much more powerful immediate effect, but it can go either way. And we have to really make sure that the risk just The potential benefits when we use treatments like this
0: again. That is Dr. Santa Cora from the Yale University Medical School, researching psilocybin mushrooms in treatment of depression. I got a text message here from someone saying they are also being used with promising results in TBI and PTSD and veterans TBI, traumatic brain injury, and that's absolutely correct. I've seen that as well. Johns Hopkins University also taking a look at this. Um, One study I found they did 24 adults who did two five-hour psilocybin sessions, and the effect they reported was four times more effective than traditional antidepressants. Interesting, isn't it? Where is all of this going? Well, to the state of Oregon. There, they have changed the law, and now by the end of this year, they'll have regulations written that will allow therapists, licensed therapists, to offer this as a treatment for people who are suffering clinical depression. So they think by early next year, January of next year, People with depression that just will not respond to any other medication can go to Oregon and legally have supervised psilocybin treatment. Fascinating. We'll keep an eye on that and let you know more as time rolls on. All right, next week on the program, I'm working on a segment about whole body donation. When you give your body to science, how does that work? What happens? Who pays for the funeral? All of those questions around whole body donation. Hope to have that for you next Saturday morning, right here on the Health Co Live Radio Hour on WoWo. Hope you'll catch us online on the podcast. And if not, we'll see you here live next Saturday morning on WoWo. Take care. You've been listening to Health Call Live. Watch a recording of today's program on the Health Call Facebook page or on the web at www.healthcall.live. Drop us a line to recommend a guest or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us next Saturday at 9am for another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo 1190am and 1075FM.